What is up, you guys, and welcome back to episode 49 of the Lombard Trucking Show, where at time of recording, I'm coming at you live from Ottawa, Kansas. I'm back at it, back running and gunning. Uh, if you remember from last week's episode, I mentioned I was headed down to Orlando for a friend's wedding. Had a great time. Uh, for the first time in years, I drank for three days in a row, and I don't recommend you do that as you get into your 30s. Uh, but, yep, I got myself out of Florida, ended up taking a load from Savannah. It was a two-stop pickup. I had actually pick up in Savannah, then Augusta, and then drop it along the way in Monroe, Louisiana, two in Oklahoma, one in Missouri, and then I got a reload from Heston, Kansas, of uh, a piece of farm equipment that's going to go back out to the Port of Baltimore. Who knows? I might actually get to spend another night in Hagerstown on Sunday. We'll see. I'll have to update you. Also, a quick update from the last episode. So, Mayor Eric Adams didn't uh, come and answer my request, so he is a certified coward and uh, pussy, uh, and it means he doesn't support truckers or the trucking industry or immigrants or any of the things I listed and went off at. So we're just going to go and leave it there at that. But uh, if you are watching on YouTube or watching on Spotify, you'll notice I'm not alone this time. I've got another guest with me, an awesome uh, guest. Uh, we, we tried to record actually some weeks ago, but then... Uh, my the camera on my computer because my MacBook is fucking ten years old decided to shit on me so I had to buy a an, an off brand webcam from Best Buy get yeah get it I see I didn't know see I, that's how you know that I'm a true millennial I went to a, a Best Buy to buy a webcam <laughs> I I didn't just get it on fucking Amazon like all you Zoomers do but so I had to get a webcam and uh, so me and uh, the guest today. He goes by Colin from California, and how we met is awesome. And I've mentioned Hard Factor and Hard Factor News before. If you haven't checked them out, or if you don't, or if you want a funny daily no, no daily news podcast, go check them out. But we have a Discord chat, and you know the hosts of the show and fans of the show, we all talk on Discord and shoot the shit. And that's essentially how Colin and I started talking to each other. That, that's how we met, and um, you know, and coming to get to know him over you know the past. I want to say almost two basically years. Two, two years now. Uh, we've, you know, he's he has a job that's related to this industry, really awesome job. So, without further ado, Colin from California, welcome to the show, brother. What's going on, brother? Man, I'm okay, good. so glad to have you here. So, I'm glad to be here. I've been trying, but you know, like because of technical issues, we weren't able to do it last time, but we're gonna send it tonight and it's gonna be a good one. So I got plenty of keystones. I got my nice Laughlin koozie, you know, with the one with the titties on it. Oh, there we go. That way, uh, and like, you know, you play with them. It's fun. So I get to play yeah. with tits and drink beer. So it's wonderful. Perfect. No, like is it, I, I've mentioned to other to guests in the past, this is a free speech. This is a freedom zone. The Lumbar Trucking, the Lumbar Trucking Show is a freedom zone. So if you, you know, if you brought a hooker onto the camera, um, <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess she just couldn't get like fully unclothed because of, uh, I don't know. YouTube will take it down, but you could have hired a hooker to pretend to be your girlfriend, you know, just so you look cool on videos. You're free to do that. I could have done that. I could literally, I've thought about recording a podcast in a strip club. That would be good. I feel like it would be a great time, especially on all you can eat wing night, you know, but it can't be a nice strip club. It's gotta be a sleazy one. Yeah. It's gotta be, um, Something out of the of the back gate of a U.S. military base, one yeah. of those. It's right next to the base. Yeah, right, right next to the base. Yeah, for um, <laughs> there was a club like that uh, right out the back gate of Camp Lejeune called Cherries, uh, where the talent was actually uh, better than you'd expect. 
the talent was good, but the interior and the exterior actually wasn't the most inviting. But yes, they did have good drink specials, and the talent of women that came through there, like I said, you wouldn't expect it. Uh, no, the you, name of the, I don't know. Think about the the military. Like those girls are probably in other than Vegas. Those girls next to military bases are probably making more money than every other strip club. So you think you would get the? You know you would get the talent around. I wouldn't mind looking at the data on what the revenue of some of the strip clubs, especially in places like Fayetteville, North Carolina, or you know Jacksonville, North Carolina. I'd I'd love to. I'd love to check out their balance sheets uh, without a doubt. But hey, we, we can talk about strip clubs forever. Um, let's talk, <laughs> you know, let's let's talk about you. Let the let's let the listeners know who Colin from California is. You know, where where you you're obviously from California, but what's your story, man? Where'd you grow up? What are you doing? Okay. You know, walk us up to today. So I've I uh, I've lived in Bakersfield, California, my whole entire life. Um, I'm California through and through. Kind of like Bakersfield is a little different than like the rest of California, you think. Like, you think California, you think surfer, you think, uh, like, yeah, bro, do it for Deegan, you know? But like, like, that's what you think of whenever you think of California. You think of, you know, even though Deegan is king in Bakersfield, though, Deegan is king. That is a factual statement. That's why we root for Haley Deegan whenever it comes down to race time on uh, Fridays when she's racing the truck series right now. Let's go Haley Deegan. Shout out Haley Deegan. Uh, but uh, so I've grown up in Bakersfield my whole life. My family's been in the oil industry since as long as I can remember. The house I live at right now was built because of what was bought because of a GI Bill from World War II from my great grandfather. And uh, his first ever work truck that for his oil company because they were doing oil field construction back in the day. And so the first ever oil field company truck is parked in back of my property. And it's going to stay there until this property burns down or until someone sells it. Hopefully no one ever sells it and this house stays in the family for the next 10, 20 generations, you know. Because that'd be, that'd be sick, man. You know, you, you don't hear a lot of that anymore. I mean, my, my mom, you know, they had to sell her mother's house not too long ago. And man, you know, yeah, they've been, you know, they've. Uh, it wasn't immediately post World War II, but they were in it for a while. So no, hang, hang on to that for as long as you can. Well, yeah, it's just it's a, it's in a trust, so like no one can sell it. So that's the best part about it. No one can sell it, and there's memories here. I remember so many Christmases at this house, and it's awesome that I'm getting to have those same memories with my kids here. And uh, so they started off in the oil industry, and then uh, they started off in the oil industry as an oil field construction company, doing like pipelines and. Uh, doing different flow lines and steam lines and building generators and stuff, steam generators as well. So it's kind of in my DNA to be in the oil industry. Like the oil industry is what made my family the money that they've made. Like my family went from an oil field company to a rental company renting to the oil fields. So now my family, they own an equipment rental company and that's what they do. Me on the other hand, I, I wanted to get into, I wanted to get into building shit. I don't want to rent out equipment. I want to build shit. Like I, I have ADHD. I, I don't know if you've figured that out by now yet, but uh, like I just I do better in a working environment whenever I'm using my hands and doing different things. So I got in right whenever I graduated high school. I graduated high school at 17. Went to work for my grandpa's company. Then went to go out. Then I went on the oil fields. Worked as a welder's helper and just fucking fell in love with it, dude. 
But I was trying to chase money, so I went and did some other things for a little bit. And I went back to the oil industry. But I always have stayed in the same part of the oil industry. I've never been on the rig side. I've never been on, uh, like, the like Weatherford side type deal or Lufkin with the pump jacks. But I've always worked on the pipe side. So I've always worked on, like, doing running lines and shit. And uh, it got to a point to where I had a buddy who went offshore. And he was my, like, he was a buddy slash old, old boss. And we'd worked together for years and stuff. So he goes offshore and he's like, dude, you're going to love offshore. You need to come out here. I was like, ah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I want to be away that long. And I don't know if I want to go away from, uh, be away from my family as much. And he's like, dude, he's like, it's better offshore. He's like, I swear to you, you're going to love it. You're not going to want to leave. And if they would have, and so I got this job as a working the construction side of an offshore oil platform. Now, mind you, none of the platforms I ever worked on were ever like turned on because it's California. Uh, they were owned by Exxon Mobil. So these platforms I was working on originally were off of, were owned by Exxon Mobil. They had been turned off because of a leak in the pipeline from 2015. So they're trying to, they were trying to get them going on. So I go to work on these. I'm doing structural stuff. I'm keeping the thing afloat, like keeping everything that way. Like when they do turn it on, it's going to be, it's going to be a simpler process getting going. And, uh, we, we were working on these platforms and like, we were replacing I beams. We were, we were replacing grading, you know, like different things, because when you're out in the middle of the ocean, everything deteriorates a lot faster than it does on land. Oh yeah. Like a boat. Yeah. Like, the, it, you could just have replaced the I-beam, painted it, had everything going. Give it three weeks. The thing's going to look like it's been sitting there and it's old as shit. And it's rusting out already. Damn. Because it, there's just that much. But because it's humidity, too, because you're in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, but, how far How far out are these? How far out? Uh, usually it just depended on the platform. So one, the furthest out I ever was was six miles from, from land. And, but I could see land every time, but like the furthest out, I was six miles. It was a 1200 foot, uh, it was 1200 feet to the bottom. And, uh, so like, it was, it was crazy though. Like it was so much fun. Like I love the job so much. I felt like I got to see, I got to see so much wildlife out there. And like, you don't understand like the wildlife we have off the coast of California and how beautiful it is and how lucky I am to live in such a beautiful state. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I, I believe it. It costs so much money to live here. But at some days, like you're looking out there, like some days I'd be sitting out there. I'd be sitting on the deck right next to the galley. I just ate and I walk out and I just look out in the ocean. And they can see orcas. And you just see these orcas and you see these beautiful wells. And you see these beautiful. I saw more dolphins than like, I didn't realize that there are so many dolphins out there. Like these dolphins go crazy like there's there's just big old spools that just they're big old like pods and it's just miles and miles and miles of them just jumping going in and out of the water and just watching them it's just like it just gives you it's just like every single time like i'd see this stuff like i'd be like god thank you so much for making such a beautiful thing you know it's what it's i think about the ocean all the time and i and i was talking about i was actually having this conversation with my friends now wife and we were in the car and i was saying this i was like I was like, do you ever just sit back and think 
you know, about how there's actual like fucking monsters that live in the ocean, like referring to whales, like they're they're monsters, like they're lit, like and it's wild to think. But yeah, on the West Coast, I mean, even if you know, say that say you're a city guy who li- who works in downtown Los Angeles, they don't get to see that type of shit, you know. But yeah, yeah but, you know, you got to live I, it all the time. It's gorgeous out there. I remember, like, I would send you guys pictures in the Discord too, like of everything. Like, I was just. I, my time out there was limited. I had like a year I got to work out there. But I thank God every day for that year of my life because it showed me a lot of showed me a lot of different views and a lot of different a lot of different backgrounds with people because there'd be people from all over. One of the guys that would that worked that he worked as a consultant for Exxon that would come out there, he was from he was from Africa. So I got to meet people from all over the world, all over the country. And I got to see people's. Di- I got to understand people's different views on how on how they see things. You know what I mean? No, tr- oh. trucking is like the same way. Like you, you get to meet people from all over the the earth, and you know. And uh, what's crazy is, and and I don't really, you know, depending on who's listening to this, is like what's crazy is like these jobs, these kind of blue collar type jobs, especially like being out in the oil rig or being involved in trucking. You get to actually work with all these different. Uh, cultures and types of people and like everybody gets along and everything's awesome. But then when you look at the corporate world and the corporate side of things, all these companies come out with all these crazy diversity policies and they have PowerPoints on understanding the, you know, pain and trauma of like different nationalities and stuff like that. But then when you actually like go out and interact with people who are like from Africa, you know, I've met so many people from, you know, West Africa out here, people from, you know, there's Somalians who, who are out here driving and you meet these people and it's just like, they're the nicest people in the world. Like they don't want you to get on your fucking knees and give them some diversity BJ just because they're, a, <laughs> just because they're a different rate. Like everybody, it's, it's, it's awesome to actually be like work in these fields with all these interesting people. That, that's a great similarity between trucking and the oil field. Well, like that's the thing with like the blue collar side of everything with the blue collar side of everything diversity is out there like there's like diversity in blue collar jobs there's people from all walks of life have grown up in different places and like if you want to see that if you want to actually have a diverse thing be like a blue collar thing and go offshore and like there'll be a guy that you never talk to but because you're in the middle of the ocean with them and you're sitting there for two weeks three weeks at a time sometimes you'll get to know him and you got you have to get you have to work together because out there you have to work well with others you have to make sure that you are trying because if you don't then it, it's just going to make for an awful hitch and it's, and a it's risk. not like you can just go home you can't just it's go a risky home job. There. bingo yeah you can't just same thing with like stuff like trucking you can't just go home yeah you, you're you're looking out for your safety so yeah it it forces you to put any of those prejudices right out the you know right out the fucking window you because you can't have them you know it's just it, it's non-existent because that's that's your ass military's the same way so what was uh what was the schedule like so what you you went so, offshore what, how did you work so uh, most of the time i was a two on one off schedule until so what weeks. happened was we yeah two weeks on one week off and uh i was doing that and then all of a sudden like we we ran out of work so I had to go from this Exxon side to these other platforms, which were, were run by decor, which if you guys don't know who decor is they're they, they're pretty much like the biggest, uh, 
they hire like they probably one of the biggest guys in California whenever it comes to offshore. Like they they run more platforms than anyone else, and that like they run a lot of platforms off the coast of Ventura, and where I was at, where I got to go go on my first ever plane ride, or helicopter ride, was uh, was because we would helicopter from that one out to the platform, and that was a cool experience. And not a lot of people can can say that they've uh, you know technically are better at, at be riding on a helicopter than Kobe Bryant. And I'm one of those people that can say that now. Yeah. Well, you're, yeah, you're, you're a survivor. Yeah. So just saying I am better at Kobe Bryant at one thing. So I'll give it to you there. I'm not going to lie. So <laughs> hopefully, yeah, hopefully I don't get, hopefully we don't get any nasty messages over that joke. You know, some, the, some Kobe. Yeah, I'm also, I also do stand up comedy and it's part of my bit. So oh, sorry about that, guys. Oh, Dave. You gave it away. You gave away. You gave it away early. You let everybody know your 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 real secret, your real talent and trade. No, I don't. I'm actually not good at all. I'm good at storytelling, and I'm good at bullshitting people. And like, I should have. My grandfather tells me I should have been a salesman. If I would have gone to college, I could have been a salesman. But I couldn't have been a salesman because uh, I I got to I got to get down and dirty. I can't. I can't stay clean. Like if I stay clean. Like uh, at work, then like I feel like I didn't do the job. Yeah, you feel like, you kind of feel like a, a scumbag. That's how I feel when I don't drive for like a couple of days. I feel like if, if and I'm not like out here suffering like with everybody else. I feel like a huge piece of shit. Like I'm a, like I'm a lazy fucking piece of garbage. It's a it's a terrible trait. I know what you're yeah. saying. So you you said your rig slowed down. So what? So what? everything slowed down over on the Exxon side. So I go over to the decor side. Now on the decor side, I go I switch departments. So I go from maintenance like construction work to decommissioning platforms so we were decommissioning platforms we had to run a pig from uh we had to run a pig so if you guys don't know what a pig is it's a it's a foam it's a foam it's like it, even though the line's a lot big so we were it was a 24 inch line and this was supplying all the gas to the platform to all the gas because you gotta run your generators you gotta run you gotta run your uh electrical and everything on it and everything runs on gas natural gas and everything except for the cranes they ran on diesel but that's besides the point with that so we had to because they were decommissioning this platform they were decommissioning this pipeline so they had to run a pig from land and it went 20 miles it went 20 miles out to us off platform now for it to get from that spot to the platform because this pig's moving slow this pig probably moves like a mile, like probably, it was probably moving about four miles a day because it's going slow and it's a big foam piece. So if you think about it, like a 24 inch pipe, it's got to fit inside that 24 inch pipe and it's got to run through there to make sure that, just to make sure that there's no defects. There's no, uh, it's, it's hard to explain. Like I'm trying, like th this one was a foam one. And the key with it was to clean out all the crap that's in the pipe. So with years and years of gas, there's going to be buildup on the side. So like when you see it, like it, it, it's like a black, it, sometimes it'll be hard. Sometimes it'll be like a hard product, but we were running deep. They ran diesel through it first. Then they run the pig. Then they throw a bunch of water through it. 
and then it clean this pig's going through this thing and it's pushing all the like the the toxins and everything that's in there out of it we would run it to us it took three weeks for it to get out to us so on that hitch i was out there for six weeks total luckily the week i came home i got to come home because it was all done was the next uh was a uh it was a trivia night so it was perfect so like it worked out golden for me on that one money so it's like punching the bore of a of like a the barrel of a rifle in a sense yes of, it's like a bullet going through it's like a yeah. bullet going through the barrel so just were- a, so we were we were receiving the pig and i spent six weeks out there on that hitch and then because they liked me they were gonna offer decor was gonna offer me a job and I was supposed to have gone to work for Decor after that because I put in my application, and they're like, we like you, dude. You're going to come be a plant operator for us. But then California hit again. California hits again by uh, they shut in another well. They shut in another one of the platforms that Decor was operating. So they're like, dude, we have all these guys. We have to move them to the spot that we we're going to hire you with. I'm sorry. We can't offer you the job. So I get I get sad and I'm like, okay, well I'll still decommit I'll still be working on these decommissioning jobs. And then they run out and then Exxon had sold their portion, so I was supposed to go from that back over to the Exxon side and go work over there. But Exxon had sold to another company. I couldn't tell you the exact name of this company, but they sold all their California stuff to this guy. And so now Exxon is completely out of California and they're waiting for new ownership. So Exxon's not spending any money anymore. So once when this guy takes over, then there's going to be more work out there. But because of me being the guy I am, I couldn't sit home and collect unemployment because I would uh, drink myself to death or go crazy and get depressed. You know what I mean? So I decided I was going to take another job and I went to go work for this rock. Uh, I went to go rock work at this rock mine. Now what they do is they'll take the they'll, they'll blow out they'll they'll set dynamite in they'll blow outside of the mountain then they'll scoop it down and then they'll crush the rock down into making your three three eighths mix your your three quarters gravel and this is what makes up all your base for your construction site. So I decided to take a job doing that. This is the first. This is one of the first times I've been out of the oil industry in forever. Because California has a. Uh, has a hatred for oil for some weird reason and it's just it's dying out here and all these rigs are getting shut off decommissioned and it's just like it's sad that these job that the job like that they're not going to be around any much longer because of legislation and because of government overstepping their boundaries with the private sector yeah and i mean i am uh if, I'm sure you knew she was a guest on Hard Factor, and I recently had her on, uh, you know, Sarah Stogner, who ran for Texas oh, Railroad Commissioner. But... Yeah, she she's great, and she talks about, you know, similar things. Like, you know, when it comes to oil, we're not at any sort of risk of running out at all or anything, and she mentions that on the show. But there is a, like, and what she explains is about how there there are safe ways to drill for new oil, and there's safe ways to also stop and to shut down old rigs and uh so what's crazy is is exxon yeah they just instead of exxon doing the the right thing 
um, by, uh, you know, Americans and people who work in the oil and gas industry. They're, you know, they'd rather sell these things off and, you know, not get rid of them. Yeah, let somebody else deal with it. But it's crazy to think because I don't think a lot of people know, like, where you live in California has that, you know, that you're in that middle part of California inland. You know, people don't really think that there's oil there. And normally when people think of We've had so much oil. Yeah. And there's probably still a, a whole bunch. There's so much oil here. Like it is ungodly how much oil is in this is in this area. But the problem is, is because they're not letting them drill. So like contractors are, you know, because they have a they have a higher supply with labor than they do with uh, than they do actual uh, stuff that needs to be done. So because there's a high supply of labor and there's a bunch of people trying to come in, it brings prices down with our wages. So working in town, I could make 18 bucks an hour max, like unless like I'm a welder or unless I'm a, or unless I'm like a trick, like in the, like as like what I did, I could make 18 bucks an hour. But I, if I was a welder or a crane operator, I could make more, but like that, it, it just makes it for uh, uh, rough for people. Like, they, like there's so many welders out of work right now too, though. So yeah, like probably just, out there. Like, there's a lot of welders that are out of work in this area because of legislation, because of government overstepping their boundaries, because it's just they 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 can't get anyone to like like they can't talk. get enough work to keep these guys busy. I got you. You want to? You got? I need you to talk into your mic. It keeps getting quiet and then normal. Okay, I think it's, it's my uh. There it is. Can you hear me now? Better? Oh, yeah. Now it sounds clear. Okay. I think it was also because I turned my head. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's definitely what it's from. I was wondering where the speaker was. But, yeah, it's not a big deal. I mean, it's not like I can't hear you. It just gets quiet, and then it gets back to normal. But, okay, so you're – so right now you're doing you, – you mentioned that you're you're throwing dynamite in the rocks. What is it? What's yeah. the company you're working with now doing? Okay, so the company I'm working for now, uh, they, they specialize in mining mining rock and turning it into base so they turn it into concrete base or they turn it into like 60 40 mix to to be able to uh sell and mix it with cement and make concrete you know oh awesome and so that's so that's that's where you're at right now that's that's what's going on now it's been pretty cool though it's it's a different experience with dealing with dealing with imshaw instead of dealing with like osha you know, yeah, it's like no, it's, it's, a, di- it's a different environment, but it's super, it's a super cool environment. If, no, if like you get, it. so like, it's different in the, this brings me back into the trucking side of things too. So where I'm working at right now, like if you, like if someone could get a dump truck or get like two or three dump trucks, or if they owned a dump truck themselves or owned a couple of them. They could have those things going constantly because of these rock mines. That might be something that for people to look into whenever, like, on the owner operator side too, because they use a lot of owner operators out there, and oh, uh, they they have to. I mean, there's there's no way a company can have enough of those trucks. I did. I mean, I remember I, when I delivered in Cleveland, I brought some conveyor belts because they have, you know, there's these uh, these conveyor belts. They have these tunnels that go into Lake Erie, and they and they take all this. Uh, they take a bunch of like uh, rock and shit and sand 
out of uh, Lake Erie. And I mean, there's hundreds of trucks that go through there daily. Some companies, some from multiple companies, some own them. Like, I mean, it's, it's wild to think like how much rock needs to move because the trailers aren't as big as how much rock goes in and out of there. So yeah, yeah. for any of you drivers out there, think about that. Yeah. And two plus with those guys that are hauling those, they're hauling rocks. It's long hours, but those guys are home every night, though. So, like, if you're a guy that needs to be home because you just had a newborn or you just had or you just had a kid, look at rock mines around your area, and they're always they're always need drivers. They need more and more trucks than you could imagine. Oh yeah, without a doubt. So, if you, I got a question for you. So, if you're if you're having a conversation with an 18 year old right now, um, you're telling like you're talking to somebody who's 18. They're debating on what to do after high school. What are you telling? Where are you telling a, an eighteen year old kid to go? Well, that depends on the kid. Also, like if also it, it was eighteen year old me, if it was eighteen yeah. year old me, I would have pushed for me to have gone to the military and then learned some discipline, and uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Instead of being who I am, you know what I mean. Like if it's like an eighteen year old that like thinks like I do, I felt like I would have pushed him towards the military or jump into a or jump into the electricians union or jump into a union try and learn a trade like that's more of where i'd push people towards now because it used to be like they push like i remember growing up every movie like it was the end of your life if you didn't go to college with all these movies some of the best like accepted was like they were like oh my god how are you gonna get a job you're not you didn't go to college and they pushed this college on everyone and truthfully like College isn't good. College is good for some people, you know? Like, if you want to be a lawyer, I want you in college. If you're going to be a doctor, I want you in school. I want you learning how to operate on me. If you're going into something like that. But if you're going into something like sales, I feel like you should learn the product. You should go into the field and learn in the field so you know exactly what the hell you're talking about with that. And that's the way I think that people should move up with that kind of stuff. Is you should know what you're selling. You shouldn't just get a college degree and then go try and jump into sales. Like, I have a rule that I truthfully feel like engineers are the dumbest fucking people I've ever seen in my life. Because I have fucking done so much shit that was designed by a fucking engineer that's supposedly smarter than me, and it doesn't fucking work. And it fucking makes it hard for people to do their actual job. It's so, a couple. I got a couple engineers who listen to the show. One of which is actually he's in the Navy, stationed in Italy. Hopefully, he's getting this because he's probably laughing his ass off right now because he probably agrees with you in some ways. Because yeah, and people laugh about this, but I mean, yeah, look at look at fucking the Roman Pantheon and you know and shit like that. This architecture and you know they never they, fucking went to school. Yeah, they they, they just still did it. They still use the you know aqueducts to you know bring water to different places and. uh you know, it, it even like however it purifies the water, you know, they're still using shit built from a thousand years ago. Yet we have all these MIT graduated brainiacs who develop these what develop whatever, you know, and it, and it ends up, you know, it's it's really wild to think about. I talk about that's why I talk about it with tech on the show. You like, have a I lot think of an engineer should go to college. Yes, you should get paid that kind a, of money. But there is a lot of science for years. Yeah, like, I understand they got to go to school and everything because it's, like, a lot of math and a lot of shit I couldn't do with the math-wise. But I think that they should be in the field for at least five years before they're classified as an engineer and they can design something. 
They should have to see how the thing operates and how it works and how you can make everything work. They should be in the field instead of being in an office. Similar. Uh, coming up with it. Yeah, similar to like an apprenticeship where while you're going to school, while you're in, in your undergrad, and I'm sure that some of their internships are similar to that where they go to job sites. I mean, like I said, I, I'm not a fucking engineer. I'm not going to pretend to be either. But, yeah, you're almost saying double it as like, you know, I mean, like go your, going out go, your four year, go get your four year degree. But then the next four years when you get hired on with the company, you should be in the field seeing how everything works. That way you can design stuff to be make it easier for people. Because sometimes you just get these guys that, you know, they design something, but they design it like a fucking idiot. And they make yeah. it impossible. Like you have to take away, you have to take apart six different things to get to one thing. And then you got to rebuild it. And it takes longer. Whereas like if they just uh, moved it up a little bit or just moved it down or moved it to the side or just changed up exactly where the hell they had it, they could make it to where like it's easier to work on. Yeah, I think uh, I think over time, especially with just the and I talk about it a lot on the show, as you know, just the advancement of technology on so many things. Is it making shit better for 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 us? Like, is it truthfully making anything better in our lives? I believe that we are living in idiocracy. Yeah, there's definitely the argument for that, because I feel like people are technically getting more educated, but they're getting dumber. Yeah, and, and information is so much easier to find now, too. Like, it, the access to information has grown so much. You know, you used to actually, to get information, you had to go to a library and read thousands of books or whatever. But now information is at your disposal. But people now I just, just have getting... to listen to an episode of Hard Factor, and I know exactly what's going on. Like, I just click on my phone, press play, and, like, I can get a bunch of different perspectives. Yeah, just by, like, you know, you know, everything relevant going on. Yeah. From yes. multiple different personalities of real humans, not like bought and paid for corporate media. Yeah. You know. I, I don't want to go into bought and paid for corporate media right now because uh, I'm already going to piss off some engineer. I already pissed off some engineers today, probably. So engineers and piss off Kobe, other people. Yeah. Engineers and Kobe Bryant fans who are yeah. probably. Yeah, that's that's a level. That's a side of Twitter that I'd love to see is. uh Getting, I'd, love, getting I, I'd love to go viral just for hating on Kobe Bryant. It'd probably be like my biggest dream, you know? I think you could do it. I could easily do it. But, like, I don't want to, I don't, I also don't like people hating me, too, though. That's a problem. Like, I got, it's a catch-22 for me. Like, I'm always, like, a nice, likable guy, and I'm always trying to make friends with everyone. And I'm like, you know, why be friend? why be uh, enemies when we could be friends instead? You know what I mean? But then I go down my rabbit holes, and then I, I tend to. So, like, I have this Sometimes it comes out. Yeah. So, I have this personality. There's two ways to look at me. You either like me or you hate my guts. There's no one that's right there in the middle that's like, oh, okay, we tolerate them. Like, you either like me or you hate my guts. Like, I, I have this personality, and... It's kind of like this. It's kind of uh, I learned it from working, from working blue collar and everything like that. You know. And so you you don't think that you're anybody's acquaintance? Eh, we're either friends or we're not. Really? Yeah, like, you're not like. 
you're not even a second stringer. It's either it's either you're on the it's either you're on the starting lineup or you're off the team. I'm either I'm either uh, I'm not Colt McCoy type. I'm more of a you know actually let's I'm I'm actually probably more of a Ryan Fitzger for Ryan Fitzpatrick type you know. Okay. We're just like you either like me or you don't. And, and you really uh, can't you can't ask for anything more, man. Being unapologetically used, you know that's that's the main mantra in the show here. Well, it kind of what's got me into. So speaking of, like, I know we talked about my work history and stuff. It kind of was what got me into wanting to do stand up comedy. Yeah, let's let's talk about that because, like I said, we we've got there was some stuff. You know, we've caught everybody up. If anybody's got any questions for you on oil and gas, they can see, see your name on the podcast. Let's go into stand up comedy because I think. I think there's something really special about people who just go to these open mics, um, almost like how social media has made people more creative. Yeah, so what's what's going on with you in the comedy world? So currently I haven't done an open mic in two weeks, but so there was a point there where I would do open mic nights every week, every time I was off work. So it was my pretty much uh, you, you're familiar with the show uh, Seinfeld, right? Oh, yeah. So, you remember the episode Festivus, the errands of grievances? Oh, that's uh, yeah, that's like a top dog. I mean, I I I do I celebrate I celebrate Festivus myself. I I always lash out on people who don't use their blinkers and stuff. Yeah, I've been I've been exactly. celebrating for a while now. I've been celebrating Festivus my whole life because I remember like when instead of instead of so with me, I would get angry and then scream shit into a mic or I like Growing up, like, we didn't really have the technology that we have now. But now, so I used to do, like, other ways to, like, release pent-up anger and stuff. Whereas now, as it growing up, it like, I've gotten older, and they have all these different ways. So, like, I use TikTok. I use Twitter. I use different things to air out my grievances so that that way I'm not I – don't, I don't hold on to those burdens. So it's a – I – feel like everyone needs to celebrate Festivus because I feel like if everyone started celebrating Festivus, there's just like a different time of the month or something like that. And you just air out your shit. Then, uh, everyone would get along a lot better. But and com- comedy has been doing that. Comedy is basically your, your Festivus instead of once a year. It's whenever you get to get up on stage. Exactly. And what, what I do though, but most of my bit is is talking shit about myself and talking shit about how I'm kind of dumb, and like I, I always I always like to tell people I'm a gas station seven, you know, because like it's like two o'clock at night, you know, like you're like hey, you know, like if I really wanted to sleep with someone, I'd probably sleep with that guy, you know, because he's the only one at the gas station right now while I'm grabbing beer. Yeah, no, so not even yeah, you're not a you don't even consider yourself like somebody you'd see at last call. You're, you're thinking it's because at last, what do you think you are to last call? If you're a gas station seven, because gas station is the stop on the way home. Like when you're yeah. leaving the bar, you know, you yeah. stop at the gas station to get like a Slim Jim or something when you're where you and you're or an extra pack of cigarettes because you smoked them all. Yeah. Or you're get yeah. Or you need more cigs, especially because you're going to need a cig when you wake up. So what you, so if you're a gas station seven, does that make you like a last call five? I'd probably be a last call five, actually, yeah. You think, okay, so you think, like, lights come on, last call, you're a five. But you go up to a seven at the gas station. 
Exactly. But at the I'm never your first pick, but like I'll probably be your last pick, you know. Now what now does the level of gas station matter here or is it just across the board? Because if you stop at like you could stop at like a quick trip, which is now a quick trip, I'm a quick trip fine. I'm a quick oh, trip really? fine. Because so, quick so, trips are nice. I'm more of like a seven eleven guy. So like I'm like a seven eleven seven, you know? Okay. So like the, quick trips are nice though. They got like they got all the nicer stuff. Seven Eleven, I'll go in there, I'll get a pizza, and I'll be like, "Hey, you want to help me eat this pizza?" You know. And 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 at that point, actually, at at that point in time, it's very it's it's plausible. I mean, that's how to. I mean, it's offering to eat Seven Eleven pizza with somebody at like between two and three in the morning, is right up there with, "Hey, I just got a new puppy." Yeah, it's up there. It's, it's like it's like okay, so uh, in my eyes, so there's a song. It's by Waylon Napagonia. It's called "Bum My Last Dart." In my eyes, if I give you my last dart, that's the most romantic thing you could possibly do. Because oh yeah, it's that's my last dart. You know, that's self-sacrifice there. And we're and you know we're only a couple weeks away from Easter, and like yeah, when you give away that last sig, that's that's you know, there's nothing like it's like giving your life for your friends. When you give away yeah. that last sig, because you're going into a real, a big world of unknowns at that point. I've been there, giving away the last cigarette. It's yeah, a, you know, exactly. It's like the biggest. It's the biggest level of respect. It's the biggest. Uh, uh, way to say I love you, you know. So, yeah. It's the most selfless act I think some people. I think it's one of the most selfless acts a human can do in their life. It's definitely the most selfless act you can do at a bar. At a bar. Yeah, maybe I'm taking extreme with a wife. <laughs> but, uh, but no, yeah. that's good. That's good you're doing comedy, man. It's it's good. I think like I said, I mean, laughter is you know, laughter is a fucking antidepressant, you know, when it comes to medication. Something well, we need. Something, something we need. though like that got me into it though is kind of you though, bro. Cause I was I would throw shit out like so if you guys don't know, like I I'll text Michael. I'll text Michael Lombard all the time, and then I'll send him something that I'm thinking about, and then me and him just pick each other's brains on it, and then I just start writing shit down. So like, he kind of was one of the guys that got me into doing the open mic, and I wasn't gonna do the my first open mic, and then Michael, Michael, I texted him. I was like, ah, I don't know if I should go do that. I don't know if I should go do my first open mic. He's like, No, you're gonna fucking do it. You're gonna do a great job fucking doing it. And he gave me like a Jocko type speech, and then boom, it's just been—I've just been fell in love with it right, right away. Yeah, dude, and it carries with you. I mean, what do you got? You got like 36,000 followers on TikTok right now? No, thirteen thousand now. Oh, see, I, my last account had thirty thousand. Oh, okay, so yeah, okay. I'm on TikTok too, and I'm at thirteen. I know everybody always gets everybody gets banned on TikTok. It's great. One of my buddies, and also who came on the show, Chris. He he just he was just texting me today. He's like, "Oh yeah, my account's on a warning right now." And I was like, "And and I'm thinking about his videos. I'm like, what the yeah? There's so many people who've gotten banned and like they have right no. Right now, re- I currently no- cannot go in as a guest. I can't go in as a guest on TikTok. I got dual people, so I got dual live someone. If I'm gonna go live with someone on TikTok currently, due to harassment and bullying, because yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's always harassment and bullying. Well, what happens is we, me and my buddy uh, Rowdy, uh, me and my buddy Rowdy, we go live during NASCAR races. 
And what happened was Kyle Busch was getting screwed over, and I was screaming at Tyler Reddick and telling Tyler Reddick about how big of a piece of shit Tyler Reddick was because he he turned a normally an eight-second pit stop into a 30-second pit stop because he didn't pull all the way in. So he was blocked off, so Kyle Busch couldn't pull out. So it lost Kyle Busch eight positions this because is, of Tyler Reddick. And this is intense. Oh, and so you went off. Okay, so I this go is... off on Tyler Reddick, and then apparently I was bullying and harassing a guy that makes millions of dollars a year to drive race to 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 be in NASCAR. And I was talking about how unprofessional he was, and, and how even he was doing that. And Tyler couldn't even see this to report it, so it's not like it was even reported by Tyler himself. Oh no, he was too busy. He he doesn't care about me. No, no. He doesn't I mean, care about my opinion. Probably not. And now, so is this is that a strategy in NASCAR? Will drivers do that? Will uh, will they like fuck up other drivers at the pit like that? No, that's that's not that's unheard of. Oh, he was just being ignorant. He just didn't. He just was being airhead at the time. Uh-huh. And other drivers were pissed off about it too because it's disrespectful. It, it makes it less competitive. And, you know, drivers have a lot of respect for each other. And to be honest with you, last weekend in Vegas, it was hard. Dude, they were like, it's hard for me to drive 55 miles an hour in my normal truck when I have wind, when I have winds in like 30s because it wants to pull your truck off. And, like, I know you know, like, as a driver, like, it once when you start getting high winds, you got to lower your speed because it's harder to control that vehicle. I got to These I guys, are, a, driving, these guys are driving 200 miles an hour with 75-mile-an-hour wind gusts last weekend. Yeah, I, I still Vegas. don't know how that works because I the fastest I've ever gone, I've gone, like, a buck 25 in South Dakota in my Camaro back in 2013. And I, I felt like I was going to flip off the road. And like, like I literally felt like the slightest little, you know, it wasn't even windy out, but the slightest little breeze would just like move the car. And then, yeah, out here with the truck, damn, there was a good gust just today. And I have a 24,000 pound, you know, hay baler that I'm towing and it'll still move the trailer. Like you'll see it in your mirrors, you know, yeah. a gust of wind will move your whole truck. And it's just like these guys, these guys are true athletes though. NASCAR, they're true athletes because like all these guys are in better shape than I am. They're dry, like they're driving, they're driving 400 miles, like nonstop, no water, no pee breaks, no nothing. I know you're you're the same way though, but like it's just like a training though, like it's just you gotta get yourself in that mindset. I have. It's a I've, lot more difficult. Yeah, I've gone a long time without pissing. I mean, I do have bottles that I pee in, but like there will be plenty of stints where I've driven eight hours, yeah, not and not had to piss. No, I've been a full supporter of. Because I, I went to school for sports management, and that was always a hot topic of debate. You know, is is NASCAR our NASCAR drivers athletes? And it's like, without a doubt, yes. I mean, the the level of men, just the mental fortitude. Yeah. yeah, you can't just be in baseball. You can be, you can actually be like morbidly obese and win and still be a pro baseball player. Dude. NFL as well. But these NASCAR drivers, have you ever seen a NASCAR driver out of shape? No, you gotta. They, yeah, they wouldn't be able to fit in the car. No, most. Uh, yeah, like all NASCAR drivers are all lean-looking people. Yeah, and they're like they're they're all like mentally strong. Like, 
Now, Kyle Busch is probably. I, I'm gonna put this out there right now. I don't want to piss off Jordan fans though, but I'm gonna say that Kyle Busch was probably a better athlete than Michael Jordan ever was. Really, you think so? Now, what's your now what's your reasoning behind that? We I mean, the Kyle Busch. So Kyle Busch is the winningest driver of all time in NASCAR. He's won more races. He he'll, he'll he races the Truck Series. He'll race the Xfinity Series, and he'll race the Cup Series. Kyle Busch is probably he'll race three days straight. Just and he's just such an athlete. He keeps himself in petite in like top physical shape. And he all like, I think he's like, I think he would put and he's put his body on the line more than anything. So in 2015, Kyle Busch won the Kyle Busch won the won the Cup Series championship. And in 2015, Kyle Busch also went through a wall, broke his leg, broke his foot, broke his other foot, and in 10 weeks, or in 10 weeks, was already driving. In 13 weeks, he started racing again. They have another, they had a rule, the Kyle Busch rule, where they waived it because it happened during a NASCAR station event when he hurt himself. And he ended up going on to win the championship that year. That's more mental toughness like, you you haven't seen mental toughness like that since fucking like T.O. back in the day when he when he signed the waiver, they would not hold the Philadelphia Eagles responsible for him getting injured again during the Super Bowl. Yeah, Don McNabb screwed that Super Bowl up for the Philadelphia Eagles. But it, I, it was tough. I remember I I remember watching that game too at, at my parents' house. There was a couple of my friends came over. So you think that Kyle Busch is going through a wall? I'd say going on to win the NASCAR Cup Series could definitely rival the whole, um, you know, uh, flu the the flu finals Michael Jordan have. Oh, dude. So, flu, flu could, what would you rather do? Okay. You go on to win the championship after breaking your leg and then your foot. If I break my leg and my foot, I'm out for a minimum of fucking six months. I'm off think- work for six months if I break my leg and my other foot. Yeah, if gonna, it's going to take me six months to get back up there. It took him 13 weeks to already start racing again. You think NASCAR guys take steroids? And that was in 2015. I wish. Dude, if they took steroids, could you imagine how awesome it would be? Let's, I'm curious. I, I don't know that. I is don't that a thing in NASCAR? taking steroids, though. Is that, is that a thing in NASCAR? Do you I don't think know. PDs are it's, in NASCAR? It never gets talked about. Dude, See, that's, those guys that's aren't what enough to have... Uh, yeah, but they you might like, not it know there give were them no an advantage. I'm, you, PEDs could give him an advantage. You know, having having like high testosterone could help on the on the male front. It helps their alertness, whatever. I mean, it's not that's the thing is it's not talked about in NASCAR. So maybe maybe they are doing it and nobody knows and they just slide it under the oh. radar. Okay, so I love this conspiracy theory. Let's go into this then. Yeah, this could be so a good rabbit that- hole. This is actually sounds like an awesome rabbit hole that uh, you only hear on the Lombard Trucking Podcast. Yeah, I, uh, I think we this could be the first so NASCAR time drivers, come up. So NASCAR drivers are so alert because they're actually on steroids, or maybe they have an Adderall problem. Yeah, they got Adderall, Modafinil. Like, there's got to be, like I said, I, it. I don't know. I'm just saying, it seems a little. It's gotta we, be something. I can, agree, it's, I can agree with you on this that this is probably a thing, 
except for for one person, and that's Haley Deegan. Haley Deegan would never use PEDs because she's a saint and uh, she's the princess of California. So, you, so we can't trash Haley Deegan at all. But, no, I but feel we have you. to make sure to to make that rule in this in this deal. Everyone's doing it, but Haley. Okay. No, I, I, I can accept that. I You know, I don't really have a favorite racer yet. I mean, when I root for a guy, I mean, uh, Logano is a Connecticut guy. Dude, um, don't go Joey Logano. Please don't go Joey Logano. See, that's the thing. A lot of people are like, uh, people seem to hate this guy. And I don't, I'm not sure why. He's just an ass. He, I get it. I get it. I'm a Kyle Busch fan and more people hate Kyle Busch than hate Joey Logano. But I hate Joey Logano because of Joey Logano blocking Big Cat's text messages. Really? Big Cat from Barstool, you're saying? Yeah. So he blocked Big Cat because he's like, you did pretty, because he won a race and Big Cat, he's like, Joey Slogano wasn't very slow today. And he texted him that and then Joey Logano blocked him. Damn. I think it's really soft when athletes uh, get butt hurt on the internet. Yeah. Kevin Durant, though, is amazing at that, though. Oh, he's I think Kevin Durant, the greatest man at social media. Oh, dude, one guy called out Kevin Durant, then all of a sudden Kevin Durant liked every single one of his wife's freaking Instagram posts. I was like, dude, this is the biggest alpha move I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah, just the fact that he has burners, like how, like he has burner accounts to, to troll people, I think is even, personally, I, now, yeah, I, I think it makes him goaded. Now, I, I, I can't give out my burner accounts, but I have burner accounts. And uh, I have a I have a burner account dedicated right now to just uh, telling Marjorie Taylor Green how hot she is. That's yeah. For the listeners out there, that's something I knew that was off track. Is yes, MTG is uh, Colin from California. That's like his that's his white horse, right there. He he doesn't really he doesn't really love her politics, but he fucking loves her body. I, I, I don't know. Like, her husband, you know, I'm just really happy that she's getting divorced and she's going to be on the market again. But another one, though, if we're going to talk about this, too, we talked about uh, another one, but she's a saint, and I'm not going to talk to her downgrader because she's such an amazing person, and I really actually like her politics. And she's very intelligent and beautiful, is Mass and Horn. I would totally... Uh, I would, but... She's too classy of a lady to uh, be with a guy like me. Yes. See, Madison Horn is, um, she's definitely a, you. yeah, that's a, she's probably a woman you would like to introduce to your family. I would say that it's crazy. I've been, I've been trying to get her to come on the show because she, she talks on Twitter um, about labor laws and helping the working class. And uh, I, I actually talked, and I haven't mentioned it on the show at all, but like her and I had a Zoom call not too long ago. She was very interested in coming on because I was telling her about some stuff going on in the trucking industry and dentured servitude and stuff. We were actually going to record one night, and then she said she had a dinner, and then uh, and then haven't heard from her since. I kept following up. She, Dude, her that's last text what happened like, with me, too. That's her te- what happened her last, with me, too. Like, yeah, she was like, can we do another day? And I was like, oh, yeah, we could do uh whatever day and then i like followed up and then gone off the radar no text dude we had her we had her scheduled to come on the hive adventures podcast we all i requested a day off of work that way i could do it at the time when she could do it 
and I took a sick day at work so we could record with her during the election cycle, uh, during the election time when she was running and everything. And I really was supposed to come. Actually, no, leave that in. Leave that in. Because that's a standard call-in move type deal. But Madison Horn was supposed to come on the Hive Adventures podcast during, when she was running. And I like I had been messaging her. Dude, I fucking, I gave her my, e- like I was emailing her back and forth. And I was like trying to get her on the podcast. And I sent her a link. And then she listened to the podcast. And I think it was the Alex Jones episode that she listened to when I was talking about Alex Jones being daddy. And it literally... She literally was like, uh, never got back to me. She was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be associated with you guys. Yeah. I'm curious, I'm curious what happened on my end because there's, there's not really episodes. I mean, I go off, I've gone off on a lot of things. I mean, I haven't really, like I said, I try to stay like, I don't know. Like you're very relatable. Yeah. I had a zoom call with like, it's a trucking show. And here, and I was trying to tell her because there's a lot of stuff we're trying to change in the industry. The, the reason why I got this podcast is so I can get people's stories and talk to real people and make, and keep talking about the shitty stuff in this industry. And it's like, well, shit, you ran for U.S. Senate. You want to be a senator. You know how many truckers and trucking companies go through Oklahoma all the time? Like, there's bad stuff going on. Like, this is stuff you need to know about. If you're gonna, if you're trying to run for an office, there's gonna be voting on legislation that affects the trucking industry. Then hey, you need to be talking to drivers in the industry, not the fucking ATA, not OIDA. You need to be talking to actual drivers and owner operators. But you know, what can you do? Won't be, you know, won't, she won't be my first snub. He said, "We're gonna get more people on here. What can you do, dude? You know who would be awesome if we could get onto here? Beth Van Dyne. Oh, that's uh, that's your other uh, politician crush, a woman from Texas. Right? Oh God, yes, from Northern Texas, Beth Van Dyne. Beth Van Dyne is a single mother, and I was willing to change it for. I was like, I was like, Beth, like hit me up. Like, I I had a I actually had another burner account that was just that all I would do was just be like sup. All I would say was sup with her com in comments. I kind of got done with it, and I had a I had a TikTok trend where I was like day one of uh, telling Beth Van Dyne, Beth Van Dyne, and I said sup. And I did it for 30 days, and then they deleted all my videos. Ah, oh, damn. That's a, they deleted that's... every one of my videos that I was doing. And, like, I would take my shirt off, and, like, I'd be next to the grill. And, like, I was, like, doing, like, a little shimmy deal. Like, it was freaking saw... hilarious. Think I think she, she was the one that mass reported it. Yeah. Because she does need to be professional. But, like, this was, like, during the time when Colin was single. And when Colin's single, Colin does crazy shit. Well, the next, yeah, the next good-looking, uh, attractive female politician who comes around, we're gonna sharpen that game. We're gonna, do, we're gonna, we'll do something better, dude. We need to figure this out because uh, Lauren Boebert, like, uh, ha- she still won't return my tweets. So, which, which is unfortunate too. You'd think like she gets because she gets roasted on Twitter. She's getting her, you know, she gets, she's getting her fucking tits kicked in on that, on that website. And, uh, she can honestly use all the positive reinforcement she can. So it's kind of, it's sad that she doesn't give you yeah. the same attention that you give her. I know. Like, but like, you know, like, Hey, that's like, that's how life is, you know, like, you know, like you shoot your shot and uh shoot or shoot. So 
I keep shooting my shot. I still keep shooting my shot with Bristol Palin, but Bristol still, uh, I guess she's married now, so it's like bummer. Did she remarry? She She's in Austin. Uh, I, uh, I'm almost like 99% sure because Dakota Meyer, her ex husband, Metal Vonner recipient, also a cool guy. He's invited to the show too. Love him. Dude, Fellow he's friend. an awesome guy. Yeah, he's a, he's. They an just awesome weren't good for each other, so. Yeah, that and that happens, but yeah, he's like an awesome firefighter, owns his own gym, and I'm almost positive Bristol's like either if she's not in the dripping, dripping springs area, she's in Central Texas, as far as I have heard. Yeah, so, she's still down there. She's still down in Texas, which you know, like, you know, she. I don't know. I I just would. Uh, I don't know. Bristol would. Bristol was kind of. Uh, you know, like childhood crush, you know, back in the day, whenever I wa- whenever I uh, started watching her mom uh, go against, uh, when I saw her mom going up against Obama back in the day, when she was with John McCain, Bristol became my, uh, like a huge crush of mine. So. Oh, yeah. That's when she, like, got popular. Yeah, she's been such a babe. But, but such- I did not like her in Teen Mom, though, and that kind of bummed me out. As I watched that season of Teen Mom, and I was like, Jesus Christ, Bristol, come on. You're better than this. You think she's You're better, better than, than this? I gotcha. Well, look, man, we've we've been going at it for an hour. You got anything? You got anything? Uh, you got any closing remarks? Any closing <sighs> statements for the listeners out there? Anybody who decided to tune in to this messing around session? I hope I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. By the way, that's what I wanted it to be. Was yeah. Uh, also off the cuff. Yeah, just give us some feedback. Like I talked about work wise for a little bit, and I talked about trucking a little bit. But, like, I don't know. Whenever, like, I talk to Michael, like, it's hard for me to, like, get into that because I just want to, like, shoot the shit with him. Yeah. And that's so, like, it, whenever that's... we talk, like, I want to fucking just, like, be like, no, like, let's shoot the shit. Let's fucking, let's get, let's get going. Let me have a couple beers. I'm six beers deep into this. And, uh, yeah, time of recording. It is Friday night. So it's definitely, yeah, the mood to I, crack some open. And that's, and yeah, that's how it's hard not to drink your beer when you have this koozie. Yeah, when you've got uh, you know when you've got a set of rock and tits koozie from Laughlin, Nevada, the greatest. Yeah, you want gra- if, if you want to get I, this is my closing remarks then. Okay, since we're gonna get off of here, if you like the idea of being a degenerate and enjoying gambling and enjoy having a good time, Laughlin, Nevada might be better for you than Vegas. It's way cheaper to stay, by the way. Hotel rooms, it cost me $35 usually out the door on a weekend to stay at uh, to stay at a hotel in Laughlin, Nevada. You can smoke in there. You can drink. They bring you beers. It's the same thing like Vegas, but it's more of a degenerate's paradise. So I highly recommend you guys checking out Laughlin, Nevada. It's way more fun than Vegas is to me. And uh, I just, where, where is it in relation to Vegas? So where it is, it's south of Vegas. It's right. So like Laughlin's at the corner where uh, Arizona meets California meets Nevada, right there on the tip, right on the Colorado River. So you can also rent a jet ski and look super badass on a jet ski, going down the Colorado River, and then go gamble as well. Fuck yeah! I think that's a good. I think that's a great piece of advice. So for any of you drivers out there, going through, you got to do a reset in the Vegas area, Laughlin, Nevada. Laughlin, Nevada is probably like still an out, still like uh, south of Vegas. It's still probably about an hour and a half drive south of Vegas. 
But if you still got that time, I'd rather stay in Laughlin. And they also offer truck parking at most hotels there. So like in Vegas on the strip, they don't offer hotel, they don't offer truck parking. But in Laughlin, Nevada, they offer truck parking at the casinos. Oh, they, yeah. And that's how you know it's a degenerate town. Uh, whenever you're driving through a town and the hotels say truck parking available, that's when you know you're in. Uh... That's when you know you're in God's country. Oh yeah, you you know you're around your own people. You don't have to worry about. Yeah, you don't have to try and be fancy there either. I was wearing sweatpants all night, playing gambling. I was just rocking sweatpants in my Hey Dudes and then like a sweatshirt I bought at the gift shop. Yeah, you and don't got to worry like, about impressing nobody. And laughing also, I have another – I have an, one more thing. I know I know we keep – I know you keep – I keep saying one more thing. But so however much money you're taking gambling with you. So with me, when I go gamble, I gamble with $200. Make sure to bring your $200 with you. Go to a machine. And then once whenever you hit a jackpot and go and – Hit hit a jackpot on that. You cash out. Then you take that money. You put it in this pocket. You take another twenty out of that two hundred dollars that they don't have marked because they, it's not in their system that this twenty's been there. So they want to keep you there gambling to where you can come up ahead. I came up ahead. I came. In, I went in there with two hundred dollars to gamble with. Walked away with four hundred dollars, and I did this method. And all my money that I cashed out, I put in a different pocket, and I would not use that money. I would only use the money that I brought in myself. So don't use their ATMs and use that cash. Bring the cash in that you're going to gamble with, and it, it's it's honestly a bet. It's a genius idea. I know it, it might not sound like a genius idea, but it it's going to work out for you guys, and that's how we can bankrupt these casinos. All right, guys, you you heard it from Colin first. He tells you if you're going to the fucking casino. Get money from the ATM and don't get it from the gas station near the casino. Like, cause I know get it before you go, get, get it before it. you go. That way they don't have it marked as bills that have gone through that casino before. Yes. Cause they've all regurgitated. So if, yeah, if you're going to Fox or Mohegan, my Connecticut listeners get, stop at the Waterbury ATM, your odds of winning are going to go up. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I'm a degenerate myself. So, I just want to help everyone not go bankrupt and let's bankrupt these casinos and let's send it back to the blue collar middle-class people and let's give the money back to where it needs to go. Yeah. Let's, let's get this money back in the hands of the people who deserve it the most, which are hardworking Americans. Yeah. I'm with you. Well, man, I, I really appreciate you coming on. We're definitely going to do this again because there's a lot of topics we're going to, because we have to revisit this, the PEDs and NASCAR. I think that's actually going to be a hot story. That could be a big investigative journalism piece for yeah. me to tackle. So we're going to do and that. And look into Rowdy Energy Drinks, too. Look into Rowdy Energy Drinks. It's Kyle Bush's energy drink company that he owns. Those might have PEDs in them. Well, then we're going to have to scope it out. We'll start there. We'll start with the Rowdy uh, Energy Drinks. But uh, before, before we do sign off, where can anybody listening, where can they find you on the Internet? Okay, so for the people that haven't already turned this off, I, first off, I want to tell you I love you because I appreciate you doing this and listening to me rant for an hour and shit. But so you can find me on TikTok at RealBigJourn. You can find me on Instagram at RealBigJourn and Twitter at, at RealBigJourn. That's why I have the RealBigJourn. It's spelled the same exact way on all three of those platforms. If you want to follow me on Facebook, it's 
it's Colin Gale Phillips. Uh, I'm not giving you guys my Snapchat because uh, I'm currently in a relationship. Now, had this been six months ago or before August, then I would have given you my Snapchat. But, yeah, I'm taking man right now. You heard it here, ladies. He's he's taken. I know unless that. unless Marjorie Taylor Greene's listening, uh, or Beth Van Dyne or Lauren Boebert, then otherwise, uh, you know, I'm not giving you guys my snap. We're gonna we're gonna send this episode to them. We should send this episode to them. 100%. And Marjorie Taylor Greene's probably gonna fall in love with me, and then uh, yeah. she's got nothing to lose. She's got nothing to. She's got nothing to lose because I have no shame and I will say anything stupid that she tells me to. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know if you figure that out from not this current relationship or from my past relationships. I tend to do what women tell me to do. <laughs> you remember my sobriety approach? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't drink with a girl. You, you heard it. Guys, you heard it here. He'll do anything a woman tells him, which isn't the worst trait to have. But uh, yeah. with that. We're gonna we're gonna sign off. I'm gonna let you guys go. Uh, thank you once again all for listening, especially if you made it this far. Got a lot of good guests on the line. Episode 50 coming up real soon. And uh, with that, as always, if you, if you ever want to talk, number one, reach out to Colin because Colin loves to chat. He loves to. Chat I will talk friends. to you constantly. Like yeah. if you get if you want a bunch of phone calls, Michael screwed up by giving me his number, and I blow his phone up constantly. Yeah, so if you do want to talk, I'm here, but Colin's here too. So shoot him a message. But thanks, guys. And tell your mom I said sup. (laughs) Happy St. Patrick's Day, motherfuckers. Happy St. Patrick's Day, baby.